Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello, authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with Jodie J. Sperling, host of the Reluctant Book Marketer podcast. And he's talking to us about what marketing is, the importance and value of a marketing mindset, who authors should be marketing to, and the best marketing tips gained over a podcast's lifetime. So in my author adventure this past week, it's been much, much the same as in previous weeks. Still school holidays here, still mining the day job. But I've been collecting information for my professional website that I'm having done and slowly feeding that through to the designer. And because there's going to be a shop on there, I'm also back formatting my non-fiction books. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> as the new website launches, I at least want to have the digital versions ready to go. So I'm not focusing on print as that is not my forte and even though there's not a lot left to do on that I just want to sort the ebooks sort the audiobooks simultaneously and uh, I'll go back to print as well but there will be many podcast episodes on that to come sharing what I have gone through there and maybe that will help others avoid the minefields that I've gone through if print isn't your thing but I do plan on having a goal of mine is having all these formats completed by the end of this year. I do not want to take them into 2023 with me because already this has been a long, long process for me. So hopefully going forward, it won't be so long. So my new motto is just do it now and think later. So I'm going to do the webinar on Thursday the 27th of October, most likely around 7.30pm in the evening. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about certain author fears and how you might overcome those for, you know, the month of October being the scary month, author fears in October, which I'm hoping will be an annual event. And it's, it's something I've wanted to do for years, actually. And every time the, the time October comes around, probably the last two years, I just always just don't do, the, do it or have the time to do it. So I'm just doing it this year. This is the year. Uh, I'll be able to share the link and more information about this event next week on the podcast. In fiction, I have been reading horror scripts and starting to create my characters for the horror feature. I plan on submitting, time permitted, into a screencraft writing competition at the end of October. And I'm also busy putting together a lineup of guests for the podcast next year. So that's lots of things happening as pair for me. Let's see if I can get them all done. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Or you can leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on to help other writers like you discover the podcast. And if you are a writer and an author with a book out there, you know how important reviews are and how they can help. So I just want to say thanks to Javita Nielsen, author of the stunning and moving picture book, Happy 
happy hearts, an uplifting story, helping children find comfort after losing a loved one. Also to emerging author Chrissy, Chrissy, I apologise, I feel like I'm going to say your name wrong here, Chrissy Brunyaks. <laughs> and of course, uh, Sharon Giltrow, also picture book author of the gorgeously funny role reversal stories, Bedtime Daddy and Get Ready Mama for your lovely reviews of the podcast. And Sharon has been on a guest on the Hybrid Author Podcast, uh, episode number 23, and you can check out her there. Thank you, ladies. Uh, it truly means the world to me to know the work I'm doing is helping the author community. Let's all support each other. So that's enough from me. Let's crack on with the episode. Have you ever wanted to flip the script on the publishing industry? Is your books great, but you don't feel like a marketer? Maybe you feel like a marketer, but your sales suggest you need to refine the process. Through higher education, decades in marketing and sales, and years of embarrassing failure, Jody J. Sperling is the perfect host to share with you how he turned obscurity into a seven-figure success story and teach you how you can go by from scraping buys as a bottom-feeding author to a bestseller. Wow! Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Jody. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk. Oh, fantastic. We're so glad to have you on. And we're really excited to, you know, hear how you came to launch the Reluctant Book Marketer podcast. Yeah, it's such a it's such a bumpy road too. honestly. And I, I hope that other people have had uh, a couple of, uh, you know, rock bottom moments along with some success moments, because that's definitely what this has been. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, we, we're going to dive all into that shortly. So, you know, I've, I've listened to the podcast and uh, it's just fantastic. And, um, you know, Thank I you. found it's, uh, you know, the, obviously there's a strong focus on book marketing. But what I did find was a lot of your episodes are really uplifting, which I really like, you know, and I think in today's world is something we need, we need to hear as well. Uh, but yeah, there's also a lot of focus on the book marketing mindset. Uh, can yes. you tell, you know, can you tell us, tell us about this message and mindset and, you know, why, why is it so important in book marketing, do you think? Yeah, so I firmly believe that if anybody can get their mindset toward marketing right, they can achieve whatever goal they have in front of them. But if your mindset is wrong, you continue to sabotage yourself. And so I, I've lived a lot of my life um, giving into negative thoughts, like waking up in the morning and being like, oh, I'm tired, you know, and listening to that voice inside my head say that I'm tired. And it really has this like real impact on what we do. And so a lot of people think that it's kind of woo woo, but if you can wake up in the morning and try to remind yourself that you've had seven or eight hours of sleep, hopefully you're not actually tired. Your brain is just waking up and they're different things. I, I know that sounds really rudimentary, but that is at the heart of what I believe about what we're doing. And yeah, I'd love to drill into the book marketing aspect of it because there are some voices that are speaking to us right now about how we can't succeed that are sabotaging us. Do you think as well, it's it's a lot of what we take in from other people, uh, yes. you know, especially there's so much information out there with book marketing and all sorts of things. And uh, and a lot of voices as well that can be like, you know, it's really hard. It's this, it's that. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, like you said, negative voices. So then we 
be, you know, suck that in and totally. be like, it is, it's absolutely hard and I, I can't do it. And so almost sort of tricking yourself. Do you think it is tricking yourself to say? I think it's, I think it's, un, <laughs> I think it's unbrainwashing yourself. I think it's untricking yourself because listen, anybody who's listening right now, and probably you and I have both had this thought before too, but you actually have seen statistics before that talk about, oh, okay. So 5% of people who submit their book to a literary agent actually get a literary agent. So the other 95% fail. And, and suppose that you're one of the, the 5% who got a literary agent. That whole time, you were listening to something in your brain that was telling you 95% of people fail, 95% of people fail, 95% of people fail. You heard it so much and so rampantly that you started to feel down on yourself. And when you got the literary agent, you thought, I'm lucky, not I deserve this. And there's a big difference in the way that you act when you think, I deserve this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I absolutely agree there. So, I, and even this week, not so much in the book world, I, it's been a super busy week for me in my personal life. And all I keep, exactly that, I woke up this morning going, I keep saying I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. But, you know, like you just said, I'm pretty sure I did get about seven, six hours sleep. So yeah. <laughs> I might be exhausted, but <laughs> no. You know, as authors, we would love to just write our books and kind of sail wave them off into the mm. sunset but uh you know marketing yep. today is very important how important do you feel it is to an author's career to to market their books these days I think it's critical. I don't think you can get by without it. And I did, I did just use the example of getting a literary agent, but I think the truth is for most of us at this point, not only does it make more sense to go the self-publishing route, but um, you, you really focus on kind of flipping the script and uh, sort of taking it back to the publishing industry. So I want to, I want to speak directly to that in your question is that no matter what avenue you have to publishing, whether it's self-publishing, hybrid publishing, uh, or traditional publishing, you have an opportunity to do something with your book if you're willing to get nitty gritty and work at marketing. If you're willing to market, there is no ceiling to how far you can go. Well, what's the, what would you say is like the, the definition of marketing? You know, I, there's, there's different types, question. isn't there? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Always, it's one term that I just, my brain seems to actually reject it because it ju mm. I have to look it up all the time. What exactly is marketing? You know, it's yeah. yeah different to promotion, is it? Or no, it's, it's a really good question. So, and, and I, I mean, Oh, everybody could have a, a slightly different definition than I do, but my understanding of marketing is that it is the umbrella term for all of the activities that we do to get our brand or our platform out into the world. So marketing is that very earliest push that we make when we jump onto Twitter or Facebook or TikTok and just start to get our name out there and people associate, oh, that's that Jody cat. He's doing X, Y, and Z. Um, or that's that Joanne lady and she's doing <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And and, and you start to become familiar with people. They trust that you have this sort of unified front that you're going to bring. Um, that's the first part of marketing. But there's also advertising, which is a paid element of marketing. You're going to actually put money behind your brand to get you in front of people who wouldn't otherwise see you. Uh, and like you said, there's promotion. And promotion might be, uh, or, or collaboration is another word for it. It might be you and I having a conversation together on a podcast. So right now I get the ear of your listeners 
And I'm not here by accident. I'm here because I want your listeners to like me and <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to, to try to give them value so that they do. And you brought me on so that your listeners would appreciate the content that we get to deliver in this conversation. So that's the promotion piece of it. There's more, but that's kind of the umbrella term in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And um, yeah, I mean, marketing obviously works, I guess, say like we met on social media and Twitter and uh, have connected in that way. And yeah, it absolutely works. Do you um, feel you need to, your marketing efforts need to be, they need to be sort of planned or honed to the specific people you are trying to direct at rather than a scattergun approach just hey everybody i'm this person you you should be looking at the type of people you want to market your books to which seems pretty obvious i suppose but (laughs) no listen i i love 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 that question because i think that there are two separate answers Uh, The first one is actions always better than an action. So if your choice is to wait until you understand perfectly how to do what you're doing or just do it and figure it out on the fly, I say, just do it, figure it out on the fly. Don't wait one more day. If you're listening right now and you are trying to figure out the perfect approach, stop it. You're, you're going to make mistakes. Okay. Think about Apple when they release their iPhone 14, the first generation is going to come out and it's, there's going to be littered with bugs. Uh, Android is going to do the same thing when they come out with their new phone, no matter who it is, no matter how prestigious it is, Tesla is going to come out with an electric car that like shuts down after 10 miles. It doesn't matter how big the brand is. Mistakes happen because value occurs when you move, go quickly, but Yes, ultimately, you want to start to hone in on on your message. You want to figure out who you're speaking to. So figure it out while you're acting. And I think that the two things should should take place. But if I were going to put all of my value on one thing, I would put my value on just moving. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That makes absolute perfect sense. And do you feel um, like authors, especially like with their books, they feel like with marketing, I suppose they have to just talk about the book all the time. But I suppose they are their brand as well, putting themselves out there and as well as much as they want to in aspects of their life. Do you think that's really Mm -hmm. important as well to be well-rounded in marketing efforts? Yeah, I would... uh... Yeah. And, and again, this is this is kind of a point in time. So I just had a conversation with a, a friend of mine um, from over the pond in the UK, and he was talking about thinking if he wrote this perfect book that everybody would just appear and and everything would be great. Liam Sterling. Um, and not a relative. No, yeah, he's Sterling. I'm <laughs> oh, he's Sterling. Sterling. I know it's so ah, close. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And so he, <laughs> it is. he talked about feeling like, you know, this, this, I just write this great book and everyone will show up and realizing too late that writing that book. And it was, it is a great book. Uh, didn't get people to show up that he had to then market the book itself to get off the ground. Cause he's got to sell that book. And that's his first priority. If, if you have the opportunity to build your brand, build it outside of the book itself it's a lot harder to market book to book to book if you just keep trying to to attach your message to a book yeah and I also think uh people a lot of people are put off by marketing because they feel they're not salespeople um and I remember attending a I think it was a workshop by an ex-salesperson and and the the one thing I did take away was was not to sort of think of selling a selling but think about it in terms of 
what are the benefits that you are providing people and uh you know and i guess we can link that back to our books and and in the contents what what are you what yeah. experience are you giving to people rather than hey, this is my living here bye 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 kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that there's something really important about being a person to the the people that you're interacting with. So if you're writing novels, you might think that you're not offering a specific value. And I think that that couldn't be further from the truth. So me as a novelist, I do actually have, and, I, and I'm not, I'm using the word political really broadly because I'm not, I don't study politics or anything like that, but just political meaning I have an agenda. I have a desire to communicate a specific thing with you. Um, so for example, the novel I'm writing right now, um, I've been thinking a lot about physical appearance and uh, I'm, I'm at an age where it's really hard to not gain weight. And I feel self-conscious about it all the time. And that thought process just weighs on me. And so I've been, pun intended, <laughs> I've been thinking, <laughs> been thinking a lot about what that means. And so this novel starts about, you know, what, what is it like to be a, a physical person with a physical appearance in this world? And I want to, I want to explore that. And I want my readers to engage with that. But at the same time, the novel itself, if if you feel that I'm trying to communicate my specific opinions with you, I lose. Uh, and the reason I'm spending a little bit more time on talking about this is because I believe the same is true of marketing. We have agendas. We want to accomplish something with what we're doing. But ultimately, you've got to create a compelling story, a reason for people to hang out with you and just be like, you know, this person has something that helps me and that I want to be around. And I'm a better person when I'm attached to that person. That's a yeah. good way to live life. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. No, you couldn't have said it better. And kind of peddling back to something you did say about, um, you know, your books and adding value. And I think that goes even back to mindset and in your mind, what, you know, knowing that you are adding value to a person's life is only a positive mm -hmm. thing, I think. Yeah. And, and maybe we should approach our marketing that way. So back to the podcast, though, um, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are some fabulous shows on there uh, with some wonderful guests and on the subject of book marketing. You know, since you've started the podcast, what has been some of the best tips from your guests that, you know, mm they've shared that have helped you and, and, and listeners, if you've requested, do, do you get feedback from your listeners? As well? I do. Yeah. 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 I'm fortunate. It took a little bit of, of time. It's not all listeners immediately start to email you or, or reach out, but I've been getting some, some really nice feedback. And, and honestly, so the first answer is what do I think is the most valuable tip I've gotten from anybody on my show, as far as marketing mindset goes. Uh, and it is that there is I know this is controversial, so take it if you want. <laughs> There's no such thing as burnout. When you feel that sensation of burnout, it's an instantaneous indicator that you don't know where you're going. So imagine being uh, on a journey and suddenly you realize like, oh, I, I don't know what my destination is. Then all of the accompanying feelings that should go with being lost appear and it feels like burnout. And so a lot of us are like, oh, we're going to take vacation now and just kind of relax and sort of reset. And you get back from vacation and you've heard everybody say before, I need a vacation from my vacation because I feel more tired than when I left. <laughs> That's the result of being lost. You didn't get any less lost from going on vacation. You just took a break from being lost and it still was weighing on you the whole time. So figuring out when you feel that sense of burnout, like, where am I headed? Where am I going? And as soon as you get purpose back, and as soon as you start heading in a direction again, the feeling of burnout goes away. So our capacity to do work 
is way bigger than we think. And this is not my own. I'm, I'm yeah, literally repeating one of my guests yeah. piece of feedback, but it changed my life. And that's the great part of being a podcast host. So you learn from really, really smart people. Yeah, that's it. I know I, since starting the podcast, it's been for myself, it's been a great way to connect with people. Like, you know, we, we, you're in America, I'm in Australia. We couldn't have, yeah. well, we could connect on social media, but to have a, a, a in-depth conversation and also share it mm-hmm. with other people is, is just fantastic. So yeah. yeah, no, that's great. I haven't really ever heard burnout being put that way either. So yeah, we'll take that on board yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and what about yourself? So, you know, you've learned that. Has there been anything else from other guests on there that you've, you know, you've, has helped or? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, just a couple other uh, tips that I enjoy. And I think that this one's maybe not quite as unique, but um, if you are going to market your book, I think something that is important, and I talked about the value of action, one place where you can most spend your action is making sure your book's perfect before you decide to start putting it out there. There are a lot of authors right now, probably a downside of self-publishing a little bit. The, the, the publish button is super easy to just hit that publish button and, and say, I'm a published author. Yeah. Um, spend money, spend money on the edit. It's okay. This is a business that we're starting. It's a, if you're going to self-publish, you are now a business owner and no business owner in any other industry would ever say, I'm going to do this all for free and hope that people will like me. They spend money to make sure that the product that they're bringing into the world is really valuable. So spend money to edit your book and spend money to get a good cover designed. It's okay. You're going to recoup it because all the money you put into the front is going to ensure that you're not a leaky colander or I, I don't, there's probably another word. I think colander is a specific word for the United States, but uh, a <laughs> strainer, you know, yeah, for spaghetti yeah. noodles yeah. or whatever. They would um, call um, a sieve. <laughs> a sieve. There you go. Yeah. You're not a sieve. I knew what a colander sure. was though. <laughs> Okay, there you go. (laughs) So you just don't want to put the book out there when it's got like more holes than it does space to catch water, because everybody who buys that book is a is is a drop of water in the bucket. And you want it to fill up and start to overflow as if like instead of pouring out because the best way to sell a book is to get word of mouth. Nothing beats word of mouth. Social media doesn't beat word of mouth. Paid ads don't beat word of mouth. But finding the people who love your book requires your book to be lovable. And that means it can't have typos. It can't have uh, grammatical errors. It can't have plot holes so far as you can help. I mean, goodness gracious, everything is up to interpretation. But to me, that was a really important piece of advice that I got along the way that I hope every author really takes to heart because we're at a spot right now where traditional publishing is probably almost dead in reality. It looks maybe alive, I think it's closer to dead than anybody realizes. And self-publishing just needs to step up and say, we can edit and we can create a perfect product just like the big boys, uh, Mm. the big girls, the the big women. (laughs) Yeah. Do this. Yeah. Now that's fantastic. And yeah, a few points there that made me think of some of the episodes that I'd listened to your podcast. And I think you were saying, you know, either to the people that had set their book at 99 cents, and and this is the self-published authors, um, or, or, you know, very low pricing, Double, yeah. double, double your yep. prices, right? Double it, uh, double yeah. it, yes. <laughs> uh, 
that sort of thing, which is it's great. And um, you know, I can relate. I I am a hybrid author in the sense that I independently publish. I started out um with a children's book, and that was in my first year at uni. And I keep talking about this thing, but it was such a pivotal moment, and I use it as a lesson learned. But I was very impatient. I didn't get it edited apart from going Mm. through my mum. And when I look at it now, but when I put it out there, I was I got such bad self doubt. It was like (gasps) build it back in because I I realized it wasn't bad for a first shot. And I think that a lot of people who are self-publishing, I guess they want to cut corners because they're treating it like a business in one sense, but they don't have any money, some people to invest. So they're trying to cut corners that way and do things, you know? And like you said, I guess if you're you're putting stuff out there and it's not of a good quality, then people might start associating you that way. Yeah. And Although you can always get better and um, as time goes on and if you make money and invest it that way. But I agree completely with the editing, the book cover and making it um, 100%. Yeah. I'm not sure if I agree about the traditional publishing being dead, though. Um, do yeah, you? that's all right. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure about America, but here I seek traditional mm-hmm. representation for my children's fiction. And a for lot sure. of the events that we go to here is very traditional run and i don't know mm-hmm. i just know so many people still sort of making it there what, what's behind that in this that in the states that yeah. statement <laughs> I, I i think i think it's happening everywhere and i think um i think that there's still something to be said for traditional publishing so if if you're talking about the states right now you still cannot get into universities to speak as a an author if you're self-published you oh, really? actually have to have a traditional publisher in order yeah. to speak at the university so um, there's there's a really large portion of your market that is withheld from you if you choose to self-publish. The reason I say that traditional publishing is dying or is almost dead is because they continue to hold on to the idea that they have to they they have to they have to basically say like this book is approved. And it's not necessarily about the quality of the book. It's about the audience they think the book can reach. I don't know how it is in Australia right now, but traditional publishers in America don't market for their authors. Unless your name is Stephen King uh, or James Patterson, you don't get any marketing budget. So the only thing they're doing is saying you're safe enough to publish. And the best thing that you can do right now is write something that's not safe because people are craving books that are outside of the box. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And I've heard that before. Um, But they so there's I've heard it from a publisher here before uh, that they there's very little marketing budget for some of them. Um, and the the budget goes to the either the bigger authors rather mm-hmm. than some of the newer ones. So I think um, book marketing, whether you are, uh, you know, hybrid or self-published, if you are traditional published, it falls down to you as well these days, yeah. both, you know. There, there's certain... Co- publishers that I know here that are fantastic they've got a fan we've got uh, we're very lucky in Perth yeah. just by themselves it is a small press it's Fremantle Press they have I would love to be with them because they yeah. have the best marketing team like I'm honestly mm, it is very awesome. very good yeah very good that there's still there's still some authors I know that um they highly market themselves traditional ones they mm-hmm. you you see them they really put so much time and effort in but they it's almost like they're working with their traditional publishers who send them around as well and and they're yeah. They're, they're big names now, but they it's because they've made themselves so, as well as with the help yes. of the publisher. So I think um, exactly what you're saying today, in today's market worldwide, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're self-published or traditional published, book marketing yeah. is relevant to you. And I think even if you get a traditional deal, I wouldn't expect the... I would expect some marketing, I would hope, from the traditional publisher, but I know mm-hmm. full 
frontal that it falls on me to effectively get yeah. the word out for my book and sell it. And why wouldn't you want to anyway, you know, it's your career. <laughs> yeah. So I had a guest on my show named Barbara Graham. Um, she wrote What Jonah Knew. And for a, a period of time, she was on such an aggressive circuit of doing interviews on radio podcasts. She was doing book signings. She was showing up at bookstores. She was published as a, a paperback exclusive. So one of the big five here, uh, I want to say it was Penguin Random House, but they did direct to paperback instead of having a hardback to start with. Uh, and if she doesn't end up as one of the best-selling novels of 2022, I'd be shocked. Just her her tenacity to get out there and sell her book was, mm -hmm. I was blown away. I was like, she's outworking me. And it made me, <laughs> it made me sad because I was like, I got to work harder. She's yeah. doing amazing stuff. So yeah, yeah, definitely like to market is a beautiful thing and everybody can do it. We've had an author on here and she's a friend of mine, Christina Brown, and she's just put out her debut, uh, I think it's junior fiction novel. And every time I click onto social media, she is there marketing it in some different capacity. She's on the podcast, yeah. she's everywhere. And um, yeah. she's really putting so much effort into it. And it's crazy. And I, I guess some people might think that they just to constantly throw the book at keep going, keep going, keep going, might, mm -hmm. might annoy people. But I think you're almost interested to see how it, how it turns out. But yeah, yeah. I, it almost comes so, back to that saying, what you put in is what you get out of it, I suppose. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. So there's this show here called Family Guy. It's a horrible TV show. It's an animated show. I love that one. Well. Okay, so you know- I love you the know baby. They, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you know how, you know how they set up a joke in that show and they'll just keep doing it and like go further and they'll be like, um- um, and the first like seven times he says, um, and you're waiting and you're like, what's about to happen? And then he does it another seven times. And by the time they're done, you're laughing because you're like, they killed that joke and then resurrected it by keep doing it. Yeah, That yeah. is, I think that's really how we should think about marketing in a lot of ways is you are going to annoy some people. You're going to make enemies with some people, but eventually the same people that are enemies are just like, I have nothing but respect for that person. They yeah. have no end of energy. Yeah, I agree. And I've heard with sales and selling, uh, you know, especially my buying mentality, I take pictures of stuff that I get shown all the time on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that. You know, some people don't buy straight away. That's not what they're interested in. So if they have to yep. keep hearing something a number of times and then be like, you know what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or get reminded. Oh, yeah, I was going to buy that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, but they're not going to know if they can't see you or they're not there. And I feel um, marketing, especially on social media or email or in whatever capacity, is just a fa it's just how can I be seen today, I suppose, is, is what I yeah. kind of put it with. But yeah, well, we've, we've talked about lots of things uh you know publishing podcasting all, all things let's talk about and, and we have vaguely touched on your books but can you tell us what what are the books that you write and what have, what have you got out there what yeah tell us everything okay <laughs> so in in january i've got the seven figure marketing mindset for novelists that's going to drop self-publishing um it's untraditional in every way because i broke all my own rules to get it out there and there's a really specific reason is that it's a nonfiction book and i'm a novelist so i want novelists to have the opportunity to get my podcast in a very 
uh, packaged, specific A to Z kind of presentation. Um, and so the cover design is basically done at home. The editing is done in-house, all of that kind of stuff. And I fully expect people are going to read the book and they're going to be like, oh, there's a couple of typos here. Grammatically, it's sound. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a certain number of eyes are going to look over it. So that book is going to drop. And uh, if you get that book and you read that book, it is going to give you a very specific, here's how to start your process and get you to the first 2,500 books. So that's something that I can talk about because I've sold 2,500 copies of that book. I'm not, I am not in a position to tell you how to do something I haven't done, but I've already made sure that I have 2,500 copies of that book sold so that I can tell that same story. And then we're going to sell to a, a million people, change a million lives, make a million dollars, all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff together. So that's really exciting in January. Um, and then The Nine Lives of Marva DeLonghi right now is my novel, um, and I have two different uh, traditional publishing houses that are in conversation right now, and so we're just trying to figure out who wants it Fantastic. more. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, nice so spot to be in. effectively, you're a hybrid author. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. I just, I, I love it like, because I, I, you know, I get in touch with people as well sometimes and then, yeah, and then I find out, well, they, they fit the podcast perfectly as well because they are hybrid yeah. authors. So, and I think um, it's such a good way. It's such a good model if you want your foot in both, yeah. uh, the experience for both. But um, no, yeah. they, they both sound fantastic. So, I mean, did you, like myself, I started out novelist children's fiction and just through that experience of trying to, you know, learn stuff, put yourself out there, these t two nonfiction books, which are not available yet, mm -hmm. have come out of me. Is it is that kind of the same with you, I suppose? Like in your adventure, you, you didn't set out to write nonfiction or? Honestly, I never thought I'd write nonfiction. I, I love reading memoir. I love reading business books. I love reading biographies. I actually am a really big fan of a lot of nonfiction, but I don't, I don't, traditionally enjoy writing it um, my brain kind of rests comfortably in spinning yarns I really enjoy storytelling and 90% of my reading life honestly is novels up until the last year because I have a business but um, <laughs> I got my master's of fine arts in creative writing I got my bachelor's of fine arts in creative writing as well both fiction focused and I thought when I started my bachelor's degree I'm in college I'm going to be around a bunch of people who take writing as seriously as I do. And I found out the hard way that there was maybe one student in my bachelor's class who took writing seriously. Um, and he continues to do a great job. Jim Plath, I'm shouting you out. <laughs> um, Hi, Jim. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and so, but everybody else was sort of like plodding along, not really like devoted to it. And so then I thought, okay, I'm going to get to my master's class and they're going to take it seriously. And I got there and my friend JP shouting him out, <laughs> he took it seriously, but uh, nobody else in my graduating class really took it seriously. And, and not only that, but in six years of education and quite a significant debt load, they didn't ever teach us how to run a business. They didn't teach us how to submit our book to publisher. They didn't teach us how to build a relationship with anybody. And the reason I tell this story is because the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists came out of my desire to have an opportunity to go back into the academic world with a nonfiction book and say, hey, your professors are amazing at teaching you how to write, but they are horrible at teaching you yep. how to run a business. And if you want to be successful in life, you need to know how to run a business. Here's a book that can teach you the business side of it. Okay. So just 
tuck this book into your desk right now or your backpack or mm-hmm. whatever and 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 learn what they're going to teach you. But when you leave class tonight, I want you to read this book and I want you to dwell on this because everything you're learning right now means nothing if you can't get your book into a reader's hand. I connect with that 100% because I was the same when I left uni. I, I and, yeah. and not so much uh, the business side, but the mindset I they don't teach you how to have like a, a business mindset or or anything you know I did a writing degree and when I left I started applying for jobs that I'd had before like an office and I had I felt I had that imposter syndrome I, even though I just spent all this time studying you know writing I did not feel like a writer I suppose and I really had to take yeah. steps to do it but they and they don't teach you those things at uni as well it's like here here's the tools but they, there is things that are lacking so I cannot wait to read that when that comes out is this January yeah yeah, yeah January yep. <gasps> oh we'll have to look out for that and share <laughs> share all the posts but that is yeah that yeah. is fantastic so I could keep you all day and all night, but it is all night for you over there. So I will will let you go, (laughs) but you've shared so much with us. Thank you. And we cannot wait to see your, you know, read your books when, when they're out there as well. And, um, yeah, can you tell us where can our listeners find the podcast? And I suppose you can't share your book links yet because they're not out in the world. Is no. that right? Yeah, <laughs> a bit soon. Not, not <laughs> very, very soon. Um, okay, so my podcast is The Reluctant Book Marketer. You can find it anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Um, I, I even just started a YouTube channel, so I've got some of it up there as well. And you can go to thereluctantbookmarketer.com. And if you want to find me in my most wild and rare form. Check me out on Twitter at Jody J. Sperling. I live on Twitter and we didn't even touch on that part of it, but Twitter is yeah. a beautiful place. So uh, love it. And you, I, I will literally personally talk to anybody who reaches out to me on Twitter. Yeah, no, thank you so much. That was amazing. So there you have it, folks, the all-inspiring Jody J. Sperling sharing his marketing tips for any reluctant authors out there. We'll all keep an eye out for Jody's books in January next year, but for now, I advise going over and listening and subscribing to his podcast for some super book marketing tips and conversations. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, as I launch the digital versions of my short nonfiction books, it's going to be a solo episode from me about digital lending rights. I wish you well on your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.